Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. So we're talking about the Kingdom of God at the moment which as I said, is a dominant teaching that Jesus had all the way through the Gospels. You cannot avoid it. He's constantly saying the Kingdom of God is near. He came to proclaim and preach the the good news that the Kingdom of God is here. And this word preach that we see constantly through the the New Testament especially, uh, and Jesus said, I came to preach, to proclaim, declare. All these words are essentially, they're the same root word there. And in fact, in in the Greek, it is the same word. We just translate it to context, this evangelos. Uh, which isn't even a religious word. It's not a Christian word. In fact, it's not even necessarily what I'm doing right here. We've just hijacked it in the, in the church. It fits quite well with what we do. But throughout all of history, this word would be used as someone who was just bringing good news. Someone who was proclaiming that something in history has happened that is good for you that you weren't a part of. And so what they used to do back in the olden days, like the 80s, no, and even before... Before that, uh, before Jesus' time, is that when an empire had taken over a nation, that they would send out heralds or uh, or evangelists is another word that they would use, preachers, and kind of let all the villagers and farmers and teachers know who the new ruler is, <laughs> what the new tax regime is, who all your carrots and cabbages were now going to be sent to, and if you found any gold, who was going to pillage it. And then what would happen is the people would rise up and boot out that empire and they would send new preachers, evangelists, they, they would come around and preach, proclaim, declare that the, the old regime is gone, that there is a new king, there is a new kingdom, there's a new kind of regime going on. And so when Jesus said, I've come to preach uh, that the kingdom of God is near, the content, everyone kind of understood there because they were currently under a, an invading kind of regime. They were oppressed by an external thing and they, were, and they were all waiting for this new emperor to rise up and boot the Romans out and lead Israel into what they all thought was. And so here Jesus is saying, guess what? The kingdom of God is near. People were getting excited and go, well, let's go. Let's rip in. Are we, are we doing this thing? Are we getting our swords and shield? What, what is going on? But he was there to preach and proclaim. They know exactly what that means. You were telling me that something has happened on my behalf that I wasn't involved in. In fact, I couldn't have done, but it benefits me. And so Jesus does this a lot. We look at it in, in uh, Mark summarises it pretty well. In Mark 1, he says, after John was out, of, out uh, put in prison, ooh, well, after he was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee proclaiming, which is Evangelos, the good news, which is the gospel. That's the other version of the gospel. So when you see the gospel of Mark, it's just the good news according to Mark, the, the proclamation that something has happened for us according to Mark. So the gospel of God, he says, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. So repent, in other words, let go of what you once believed and once thought and once lived and turn around and, and believe the good news. And look again in Luke 9, it says, When Jesus had called the 12 together, He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. He, uh, and He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So He started sending people out saying, hey, it's your turn now to proclaim. It's, it, it, this is good news that I'm sending you out to be the preachers, the teachers, the evangelists, the, the people who say, hey, there is a new thing in town. 
The old ruler is gone. There is a better one here. Acts 1 verse 3, the second half, and at least it says this. He, which is Jesus, appeared to them, which is His disciples, over a period of 40 days. And look at the primary topic He talked about when, once He came back from heaven. He spoke about the kingdom of God. And let's have a look at maybe the last glimpse that we get into the early church, which is in the book of Acts chapter 28. It says, we, we see Paul here. He, he boldly and without hindrance preached the kingdom of God. Boldly and without hindrance. He was someone that wandered around telling people, hey, you are living under an oppressor. You are living and believing and experiencing life under an enemy rule, but there is a new king. And his kingdom has some different advantages. His kingdom looks a bit different to what you're experiencing. You might be going, well, you know, this is just the cards that life dealt us. That sounds, that's language of an old kingdom. Come on, that Jesus has come to set us free or welcome to new language. That I can be free of sin, that once upon a time, just in the, in the kingdom of the world, once you're sick, well, you were sick and hopefully one day they cure you with something else. But in the kingdom of God, we see here clearly that He sent people out to proclaim there's a new King and that you can be healed in the name of Jesus. See, the Gospel was, and I still believe is, that there is a new King in town that there is a new kingdom for us to experience, that we could be living into a new type of kingdom, is that there's a new proclamation of saying, whatever it is that you are just kind of going through life experiencing, then just going, well, and kind of letting life happen to you, the Gospel tells us that we don't have to just see what happens. We don't just have to come to church, say nice things that sound like they're biblical, and then just go put up with whatever happens in our life. Jesus said, and I believe you're still saying that there is a new kingdom for you to step into and experience. And kingdoms kind of seem like strange for us today, seeing as we don't really, we don't really live in one here. My kids do. I let them know regularly. <laughs> My oldest is learning about democracy and I am letting him know that that is in certain circumstances. But not where he lives. <laughs> there is a different empire. And... Uh, Anyway, he's trying to rise up and rally the troops, <clears throat> overthrow the king. <laughs> and I smashed him in FIFA and just let him know who the king is today. Just by the way, there's a little brag there. Anyway, but everyone here, we have our little kingdoms. We, we should be quite familiar with it. In a biblical sense, we have a kingdom, every single one of us. And we are a part of lots of different types of kingdoms. Our kingdom is the little sphere in which what you say goes. It is the area where, where the, the range of your effective will takes place. This area, we all have these little domains. In fact, the word, it comes from the, the two words, kingship and domain. In other words, the, what domain is under your kingship? You know, this area, this is like teenagers, where you, your, your bedroom, it, you'd like to keep that as your kingdom. Or put a, so not even that, my six-year-old just made a sign saying, do not enter. It's spelled four words wrong put it up on, on his wall, predominantly for his older brother, right? That, he, that to him is, this is foreign territory for you. This is my kingdom. The king and the king's dad will boot you out, right? <laughs> but he's got this little king. We all have our little kingdoms that, where our effective will rules and reigns. 
We want it in the, the way that we talk. Our brains are essentially a lot of our kingdoms where we have our own thought process, our own opinions. We like to be the boss. We like to kind of boss other people around. Everyone wants to start their own business for the fact that they can run their own kingdom and tax everybody what they want, right? They get everything that, that they want out of it. Then it turns out being king sometimes hard and we go work for another king. Uh, where their effective will works on us and we do what we're told. And, and all of our little, little kingdoms kind of start merging together and we create slightly bigger kingdoms, yeah? It's what families are. Is this amalgamation of individual kingdoms kind of working together and all of a sudden you find out that sometimes families think alike. Why? Well, they were raised in the same kingdom. They had the same kind of king's thought. They were hit with the same propaganda or whatever it might have been. And then all of a sudden it gets bigger kind of scopes and it gets bigger and bigger. But it starts when you're about two, doesn't it? Kingdom speak. What's every, what's every two-year-old's favourite word? No, right? And the second favourite word? Mine. No, mine. It's kingdom speak. It's I want my effective will to rule and reign right here, right now. And when you are two... You are king of a lot. But it, it, it kind of amalgamates and merges into all these other ones. Then we have nations. Then we ha have spheres of economics and politics and, and all sorts of different little communities around that, that all of a sudden these kingdoms are starting to join together. And my, so my kingdom joins with other people. Anyway, and these aren't necessarily bad things. Kingdoms aren't bad things, but... It's in fact what God made us to be a part of. Let's have a look at Genesis 1. It says, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. Look at this. And let them have dominion. Now, dominion is kingdom language. Dominion is what my two-year-old, I'd say, thinks he has, but actually has. Like that's what we have. We want to enforce dominion when you say, do not enter my room. I want to enforce dominion when, when it's like, you should do this, you should say that. How dare you say that to me? Cancelled, right? I'm going to write a review, get you shut down. I am inflicting, enforcing dominion. Uh, but it can be used in positive aspects as well of when we do good things and when we change culture and when we see uh, what God wants into our world, we take dominion as believers over sickness, over what the enemy has. He's trying to creep in and say, this is a full stop moment where God says, take dominion and say, it's just a comma. This is not the end of your story. That that diagnosis is not the end. That is not the final straw. In fact, God says, this is just a hiccup along the way. That we are to take dominion over things that the enemy is trying to claim as his own, yeah? But for me, have you, I've been caught trespassing. This is how I learnt dominion pretty quickly. That I was not in charge of the domain that I was walking through. Uh, when I was a teenager, I was putting um, speaker equipment and heaps of kind of baggage and speaker. As I was putting it back into a, in the school in the middle of the night, about 12.30, packing down from youth one night. And that's when I found out that we had um, a canine security team. <laughs> At 12.30, as a 19-year-old with a whole heap of electrical equipment, it looked like I was serving Jesus anyway, right? <laughs> I found out quickly... The word dominion, <laughs> and that I don't have any of that situation when the dog is right here with murder in its eyes. <laughs> anyway, I explained my way through that. I'm going, I'm putting things back. I'm anti-robbing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, anyway, but we find out those kinds of things. That's, that's kingdom kind of talk. 
And so on earth, we find that all these things intersection. Ultimately, we, we start to experience what the kingdom of the world is. And, and honestly, if we have a look around, it doesn't take much to th- see that maybe the kingdom of the world is junked up by a handful of things. And the reason that is, is because if you look at the kings and queens of every single little dominion, every little kingship or kingdom, the kings and queens are all kind of junked up with sin and thought, flaws and issues and all those kinds of things. And that's unavoidable, that's humanity. And that's what we are experiencing on a greater level. It's the flaws of humanity taking over lordship. In fact, I look at the, even just the nation of Australia, that the further away that we get away from our Christian heritage, from that foundation of the gospel, of the good news, of acting like Christ, uh, that, that kind of grounding that has us in, in all things that God established, the further we chip away at it and move away from it, all of a sudden we're wondering why does this not look like what God's plan is for us? Well, we are moving towards maybe clogged up, junked up, different rulers. And again, it doesn't take a big, deep theologian like Luke Nusifora next week, right, to, to figure out, well, who is this kingdom starting to look more like? This doesn't seem like Jesus. Who looks like is running or influencing the show down here? The division, the anger, the, the kind of unforgiveness, the bitterness, the, the constant bickering, all these things. This is not Jesus as king, is it? And this is because little, little kingdoms have started to join with other kingdoms and bigger, 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 bigger ones and we are seeing the effect of what it looks like for humanity to be lord of their own life, kings of their own kingdom, enforcing dominion on top of one another. And all throughout history, when one human has tried to inflict their idea of utopia on other humans, it has never gone well. This is why we need to look beyond just humanity. This is what God and, well, this is what Jesus was coming to offer, going, you guys are not doing it well, <laughs> that there is a new kingdom and a new king in town. And so we, we may wonder these questions. I've always got this thought of going, well, if, God, if your kingdom has come in Jesus, why is this world still a mess? <clears throat> Where is this kind of border entry? Can my passport, do I need a visa to get into there? What's going on? And Oh, and the answer is that these other kingdoms still remain and that is why we, we don't experience it fully. If you study out the idea of what Jesus was talking about, the kingdom is yes now and fully later is what he's talking about. You can experience the kingdom of God now and in its fullness one day when Jesus comes back. His plan though, he teaches that the kingdom should be ours, his experience in his most famous prayer, Matthew 6 verse 9. We'll just read the first couple of lines. It says this, you know, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's Jesus' will, that's his plan when he came, just to bring up there, down here. That is the first thing in my prayers nearly every day. Lord, I pray that up there comes down here in my life, up there, down here. Everywhere I walk, help me bring up there, down here. That your kingdom come, your will be done. Up there, down here. Up there, down in my kids. <laughs> up there, down here on, on, online. Up there, down here in the church, in my friends, in my family. Up there, down here in, in friends that are sick. Up there, down here in my friends' businesses that are struggling. Lord, bring up there, down here, that peace that surpasses understanding. It's, it's not here right now, Lord. I want up there, down here. And that was his plan. His desire is to bring heaven down to earth. See, Jesus didn't teach minimum entry requirements to heaven. He didn't teach how to just get in there. Jesus taught, bring up there, down here. 
Jesus' whole teaching, you look through uh, the, the Beatitudes, you look through the Sermon of the Mount, the most famous kind of teachings in all of history, it was all up there, down here teaching. It wasn't say this prayer, hold on for dear life, and one day you'll experience up there. It was here is how to get a glimpse of heaven here now on earth. Here are the keys of unlocking heaven here and now. And I wanna ask you, what, what in your life do you need a little bit more heaven in? What are your experiences currently that you look at and go, this does not look like the picture of heaven I had? Maybe it is in your health of going, this, this is not what heaven looks like. Lord, bring up there, down here in my physical health. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth right now as it is in heaven. Lord, in my family, it, does not, it is not a representation of what heaven will be like. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. We need to be people who are eager to see what God has for us now. Not people who are kind of waiting on lay-by, yeah? You know, you kind of get a purchase and go, I'll pay it off over time and one day I'll pick up the final product. And I think many of us live our Christian life like that. Of going, hey, I'll, I'll raise my hand, I'll say a prayer and then maybe if I just keep chipping away, I've got my eternal insurance policy kind of there ready to go and then one day I'll leap over and finally grab hold of it. Whereas Jesus' intention and His desire is that you might experience it now. That eternity is not something that is on labour. It just need, it, the word means never ending. It doesn't say when it starts. The word just means never ending. And so if there's goodness, if the heaven is for eternity, if there is something for you now, Jesus did not die on the cross and rise again that maybe one day you would experience what He did all that for but so that you might experience the kingdom of God here and now. What His rulers, what His kingship in this domain, what His dominion looks like. And really, no matter what it's in, in our mental health, our conversations at work, in my attitude, whatever it might be, it starts with handing over the reins of our own kingdom and being willing to be a part of His. I wanna experience what, what your thoughts are like because man, my suck. I'm pretty sure pessimism is not an entry requirement to heaven. It's not a key thing. It is not something that I think looks like Jesus. Lord, help me with this. Bring up there, down here. My attitudes, my fears, my insecurities. This is surely, I'm not gonna be walking around with these insecurities in heaven. So why, Lord, am I putting up with them here and now? Lord, I need the kingdom of God. I need your kingdom here. And I'm pursuing it. I'm seeking after it. See, Dallas Willard wrote this uh, bit of advice when he was talking about approaching this kind of topic. He says, make your goal to live your life the way Jesus would live if He were you. So many of us get tripped up on this trying to live our life like Jesus did. This isn't a bad goal, but you, you've all lost by putting shoes on. Some of you need sandals, jeans, you didn't wear jeans, like, oh man. So, no, but living life as if Jesus would live if He were in your situation. I, this is how I think all the time, not to do things necessarily just as Jesus did, but to do them as He would if He were I. So this is how I think all the time, Lord, if you, if you were parenting these children, how would you act in this situation? Oh, geez, I missed that, Mark. But it's a desire of mine. I want to see your kingdom in this area. Lord, if you were having these conversations with these people, what would you say? If Jesus, if you were in this group chat that I'm in, how would you respond? Lord, if you had a Netflix account, what is the way that you would use this? 
Jesus, if you were involved in this church, what are the kinds of things you would do if you had a similar skill set to me? If you were here in Toowoomba, how is it that you would bring the kingdom of God, Jesus? Not, not just in the way that you did it, but if you were in my position, how would you do these things? And I think that sometimes this whole, like, remember, anyone remember the bracelets that said WWJD? And now it's turned into a bit of a kind of a cliche and everyone has a giggle about it. But I wonder if we were just to take a hold of it just a little bit more seriously, what perhaps God could do in us and through us. If we were to take it just at face value and go, well, what would Jesus do? How could I live my life as if He were living it right now? If His goal was to be a kingdom bringer up there, down there, and He has sent us into the world in the same way that Jesus was sent, well, what would he be doing? How would he be responding in this way? What would he be seeing if there is a different ruler, a different bit of dominion over my life and it is not representative of heaven? Would Jesus put up with it? See, I see every time that Jesus walked into a town and there was something that looked like a devil, he cast it out. Every time someone brought uh, someone who was sick and, or crippled or something going on in their life, even the dead, he revealed what was the kingdom of God and what was not by the way that he interacted with that. Sickness is not a thing of the kingdom of God, so come out in the name of Jesus. Oh, and death is not in my kingdom, so we is a resurrecting God. All of a sudden, people started coming back to life. Why? Well, because it was the range of his effective will. He understood, I have dominion in the kingdom of God. I'm casting out anything else that starts looking maybe like the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of hell. See, if we do this, if we walk in this way more, this is what I love this verse, is I think we would start to experience more of the reality in 1 Corinthians 2, where it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared. Not what we have prepared. Trust me, I have kingdom plans. And yet I haven't even thought of or seen or imagined what maybe God has prepared in His kingdom for me, for those who love Him. And so my challenge, maybe for every believer here, is constantly maybe, well, submitting my kingdom's plans. I like being in charge of my life. And yet I come back to, to Jesus and go, I know that what you have for me is better than what anything I would have for me. That if I were to lay myself down and say, you are Lord, as well as friend and saviour and healer and all these things, but you are my Lord and I wanna live in your kingdom as a part of it that we would find that, well, I've never seen, I've never imagined, I've never heard of the good plans that He has for us. So we can choose to hear the message that there is a new king in town and we get the decision. Do I believe it? Do I live as if there is a new king in town or do I just continue to live as if there isn't? Like a new ruler came in and he reduced all the taxes, but we continued to pay the old higher rate is that all of a sudden we, there was this new king around and we continue, he said, hey, you are free from these things, that there is healing in the name of Jesus, that there is, there is freedom, that there is purpose, there is joy and there is peace. And you're like, hey, I know all that stuff, but I'm just gonna continue on in this direction anyway. And if you wanna jump over here and just sprinkle me with some of that good stuff while I just keep running off and ruling my own world in that direction. It tends to be how I find a lot of my Christian life has gone, is I am aware that there is a new king. I am aware that there is a kingdom that, that is so great, that has all the freedom, that has heaven up there, down here on earth. 
And the, there is this wrestle between me being in charge and, the, and saying, but Jesus, you are Lord. We know the King, it's find it hard to accept. See, this is why I think we're told in Matthew 6, this is my favourite verse in the Bible. It's daily in my mind. It says, seek first His kingdom. Seek first His. Not mine. This is, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And then it goes, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, this is the trick. Well, I think we just go, how about I seek all these things and, and surely Jesus can be added to it as well. But he's so clear saying, no, seek first the kingdom of God. See, if His desire is to bring heaven to earth in you and through you, we should not settle for a lesser kingdom. We should not settle for a, a lesser standard. If Jesus died on that cross to get something to us, we should not settle for anything but all of it, of what He died for. That we might experience His goodness. We might experience His presence and His power. Here now, Come on, church, does anyone else want up there, down here? I don't know what area of your life that you're, you're really believing that you would really benefit from it, but is anyone eager for a, a bit more of a touch from God tonight? A bit more of up there, down here? I know that there's a lot of things I'm believing for that I look at and go, my kingdom cannot solve that, but I know in the kingdom of God that there is one who has dominion over all things. And He's given me the authority. He's given me some dominion to speak into these situations according to His will and see freedom break loose. To see the power of God, to see heaven invade earth and start messing around with the rules that are here. I don't know, we need to be a church, I believe, that wants to see the Kingdom of God come here on earth. This is, trust me, it is not seeing the church experience on a Sunday. That is not the end game. This is not the, the final kind of, picture that Jesus has for Toowoomba going, geez, I hope there's a few hundred people who, who kind of gather every Sunday. But His desire is to see maybe the Kingdom of God, that heaven would come down to earth and more and more people would experience every single day. See, I don't know what area that you need to see it in. I know plenty of my own. I have a list of things I pray through regularly saying, God, Your Kingdom in this area, Your will be done in this area. But for me in my house, I want to experience what He has ongoing to a greater extent. Paul talks about it in the sense of that we might live from glory to glory, from one stage of glory to another, that we would be constantly ever growing and ever, ever changing, being transformed even more and more into His likeness as we follow and seek first His kingdom. And tonight I want to give us an opportunity to seek Him first, to put Him first again. Maybe you don't believe in God. Maybe you've never decided to say yes to Jesus. The good news is it, it doesn't matter how far away you think that you are or maybe you were a believer and you've kind of just drifted off for a while. See, it doesn't matter how far you've drifted off. The good news is His desire is that you might experience His kingdom today. That you experience His goodness today, His presence and power. That He wants to bring something new into your life that you experience. Or what He says in John 10.10, 10, that life and life abundantly. He's the greatest news that has ever been given. That someone has done something for you, that it has already been done. And I wanna tell you that there is a different kingdom that your life can look different. That healing can be a normal part of your experience. That freedom and joy and peace 
Come on, that insecurity and anxiety does not have to be a part of your life. In the Kingdom of God, that there is freedom. In the Kingdom of God, come on, there is a greater purpose, that you are here on purpose and for a purpose. And in the Kingdom of God, we see that as long as there is breath in my lungs, God is not finished with me. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.